Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, where each week we talk three topics from the world of rugby league. Hey guys, this is Michael Carboni. You're listening to episode four of Chasing Kangaroos. With me this evening, as always, my main man, Charlie Monty. Chuck, welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, Michael. I'm very, very pleased to be back, mate. It's um, three good topics to get stuck into, so I'm looking forward to it after our brief little hiatus last week. Mate, missing our... uh... Our third wheel, Jake Watson today, the Greek god. Yeah, we we uh, do the show with a heavy heart this evening. Oh, that makes it sound like he died. He, died. he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> he just, he just he had just, to work. He had to work, so <laughs> I probably would rather be dead. Um, <laughs> no, he's very, very... Uh, Jake's alive Loves and his well. job. If his boss is listening, loves his job. Jake's all good. Uh, sad he couldn't be with us. As they say, mate, show must go on. Show must go on. And we've got three excellent topics for you tonight. In fact, we've got four. Bonus topic came in this morning. Uh, the International Rugby League uh, team rankings are with us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well towards the end of the show. But Chuck, let's just get stuck right in with our topics tonight. We're going to kick it off with a little bit of Nines chat, I think, aren't we, Carbs? Let's talk Nines chat. And uh, you may notice that uh, uh, due to popular demand, the beep, the little beep at the end of our uh, segments is gone. And we'll be replacing that with something yet to be determined. But through the magic of your podcast, you're going to find out right about now. Man, that sweet, sweet interlude. Yeah, I was just enjoying that interlude. Very nice. Shame it only went for two seconds, but it'll be back. It'll be back at the end of this little little segment, so don't worry. <laughs> Whichever one we chose, I'm sure that is I'm very, sure very a good. good choice. Um, nines. Yeah, mate, it's official. So we knew it was happening. Now we know a few more details. So the Downer Rugby League World Cup Nines. It's on in October 2019 at the Western Sydney Stadium in Parramatta. That's right, over two days, October the 18th and October the 19th. That's right, man. So two weeks after the NRL Grand Final, and I think it's about a week after the Super League Grand Final too, so it's a tight squeeze. Um, They've announced there's going to be 12 teams in the men's tournament and there'll be four women's teams there as well. Um, Not sure how they're going to finalise these teams, so the invitation process is now being decided on. Um, But, Charlie, I guess my first question to you is, 12 teams in the men's, is that enough? Um, Look, I'm not sure, to be perfectly honest with you, but I don't mind if they take a little bit of time with this. And since it is a tournament that they're planning on repeating again in uh, 2020 and 2021 or 2022, um, I think it's a good idea that um, they get it right. And I think 12 teams allows them to do that from a logistical perspective. I was really annoyed at first. Because I I thought, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, sweet, 16 teams, like the World Cup. When they announced 12, I thought, oh, shit, like, there's probably a few teams that are going to miss out. Um, And look, there will be a few teams um, that miss out. And I, I actually don't know how they're going to choose these sides. I mean, logically... You would think. I mean, I'm I'm presuming. I might be completely wrong about this, but World I'm Cup presuming sides. that the World Cup sides are going to be there. The, the eleven that have qualified so the, far. The eleven that have qualified yeah. for the for so far for the World Cup will be there. That's my presumption. So, just recapping: that's Australia, New Zealand, England, Fiji, PNG, Tonga, Samoa, Lebanon, France, Wales, and of course Jamaica. Um, yep. But the interesting thing about the timing of this tournament, Carbs, is that it's taking place while a whole bunch of other sides are still playing qualifiers. Yeah, true. So you've got Italy, Ireland, USA, teams like that, they're all playing qualifiers in October, excuse me, and November 2019. Um, So these are the guys that you'd presume would be the next best teams coming in that are doing other things. Well, you'd think so. They're their next tier. It's the next logical group of teams after the ones that we've mentioned. Um, So what are we going to see, like an Australian-Italian side made up of the poor Vaughns of the world? Well... 
I would have said so. So when I saw that Italy were going to be playing qualifiers about this around this time, I thought, oh well, they could have their national players playing qualifiers and have like an NRL Italy playing in this tournament. But this is an RLIF tournament. This yeah. isn't like a Mickey Mouse NRL tournament. This is a, a an international federation uh, sanctioned tournament. So I don't think we'll have um, sort of like your Italy bees running around in this thing. So it creates an opportunity for. Um, some teams that have missed out on qualification for the World Cup to actually play in something like this. Yeah, so, mate, if we are trying to find this 12 team, you know, is there an opportunity to find a qualifier amongst, you know, the Hong Kong Nines uh, tournament, you know, amongst the Rotterdam Nines or something like that? Can we use these other Nines tournaments around the world to try and unearth a side that can can take place, I guess, as a wild card here in Sydney? Mm, that's a good, I hadn't thought of that, actually, but... Um... Speaking of qualifiers, we've got four teams who will be playing in the women's tournament. Yep. Um, I think we can presume that Australia, New Zealand and England will yeah. be three of those four sides. Um, mate, who's number four? Man, I'd really like to see Canada there. I think the Ravens have done an incredible job to sort of grow the sport uh, in Canada for the, in, the, in respect to the women's game. Um, they, they've been ranked number four worldwide this morning as well, which I, I didn't realise they were that high. Oh, wow. Um, but also, I think, presumably, you're not going to see Canada um, in the men's tournament. So it just gives us an opportunity to add one more team or one more flavour to this, to, this, uh, to this international nines. Um, but realistically, I think we're more likely to see a PNG there, um, mainly just because of the shorter travel time and the money involved in getting them there. Um, so, and mate, can I just add one final point, actually? Sure. Speaking of, of the money and funding the tournament, just... Credit to Downer. Um, yeah, definitely. They were the sponsors of the NRL Auckland, Auckland Nines and supported that concept uh, for a number of years. And now they've jumped on board with supporting the Rugby League World Cup Nines. Um, it makes a, a tournament like this viable and it means a great deal to the uh, rugby league, uh, the international rugby league community. So uh, well done, Downer. Yeah, well done. Means a lot to us. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this a lot more in the next, uh, I guess, nine months. I mean, we'll definitely be there Um in October, so and we'll revisit this topic once some of the teams start to become a bit more uh, apparent. Um, so watch this space. Great idea. I think it's time for another interlude. Charlie, before we get into our next topic, you uh, wanted to say a few words about our friends at League Unlimited. Yeah, just a big thank you to everyone at LeagueUnlimited.com.au. Actually, they've uh, been promoting us during the week, and uh, it's been helping to spread the word about the podcast, getting the word out there. So, guys, if uh, you need somewhere to head for all your rugby league news and opinions, legalunlimited.com.au. So, Charlie, topic number two, and we're going domestic. We're going to talk about two of my favourite domestic clubs, actually. So, the Catalan Dragons, uh, Challenge Cup champions, and the Toronto Wolfpack, um, the, the first transatlantic professional rugby league team. They've both made some big moves to expand the game further than they've already expanded the game, let's be honest. So, Catalan Dragons announced that they'll be playing a game next year against the Wigan Warriors in the Super League um, at FC Barcelona's home ground. Mate, did you, um, did you avoid saying Camp Nou there because you don't know how to pronounce it? Well, I do now, thank you. Camp Nou. That, that, yep, that'll do. <laughs> it's the biggest stadium in Europe, Chuck. Uh, they actually fit 99,354, kind of the MCG of Europe, I suppose. Um, and just to put that into context, so the town of Perpignan, which is where Catalan play, they've got a population of 121,000. So if the whole town uh, went to Barcelona for that game, they would be uh, 
sitting on, on the roof, I suppose, a few of them, but they would just fit. Mm. No, they won't. My maths is terrible. <laughs> no, they're, they're, There'd be 20,000 people outside. There's a lot of people on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, I think it's a massive, massive move um, for, for, for the Catalan Dragons. Obviously, the Catalan region encompassing part of Spain, Barcelona, uh, being being part of it. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? Mate, it's a, it's a fantastic move from them. So this actually came about, they were invited by FC Barcelona after winning the, the Challenge Cup That's right. in, in August. Um, and it's the first time that they've been there for 10 years. So they played there in uh, 2008 or 2009, I think it was. At, at the Camp Olympic... At the Olympic, yeah. You just want to show off now that you know how to pronounce oh, it. Yeah. At the Olympic <laughs> Stadium. Um, and they got about 20,000 people there then. Yep. Um, now, considering 10 years more have passed since that game was played, they're more established as a brand. They've just won a Challenge Cup. They play in Wigan as well. So Wigan, a more established brand. And, and they've just won and the comp. The champions, yeah. Um, so, mate, I, I think it's... Uh, reasonable to expect that we might get a crowd of somewhere around 30,000 people, which would be absolutely fantastic. Mate, seriously, 30,000? Yeah, well, I think so. Between between um, locals, between Wigan fans who traditionally travel... Man, and I would have thought a little bit more than that. I mean, we've, we've got um, FC Barcelona backing this thing, saying that they can get some bums on seats. Uh, they had a rugby union uh, final there a few years ago, which was filled to capacity... Um, I reckon we can be expecting 50 or 60 plus. Mate, I hope you're right, because that would be absolutely fantastic. That would be. And what is going to be fantastic as well is some rumours um, on the internet recently that the Toronto Wolfpack uh, will be taking an away game uh, in the championship next year to Belgrade in Serbia. Mate, what did you think about this? Mate, I'm, I think I'm not it, sure. I think it's fantastic. Like, I've been loving... Obviously, I love pretty much everything that the Wolfpack have been doing from the start, but I'm loving Serbia at the moment. I think that, like, I'd like to... I'd like to um, adopt them as my rugby league nation. I love all the things they're doing. I love what Red Star Belgrade's doing. And I think it's a good opportunity for the Wolfpack and Red Star Belgrade to sort of put their heads together and see what they can come up with and how they can promote this game and promote the sport in Serbia together. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I'm not... Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But, look, I, I understand why this is happening. So I think um, part of the push for this would be because towards the back end of last season... A lot of the English clubs weren't exactly thrilled with the fact that Toronto got this big stretch of games towards the end of the year sure. um, at home, and everyone said that it gave them a, um, a an unfair advantage. So the RFLs tried to break that up a little bit, I suppose, by at least bringing you know one home extra home game towards the start of um, Toronto's home and away season. Yeah. Um, but you can't play it in Canada, right? Because at that time of the year, the average temperature is around cold. minus five degrees. Yeah. So you can't play it there. So they've got to find somewhere else. And nice the, and sunny in Serbia. Well, logistically, uh, Serbia makes sense. It's not a huge amount of travel from England. Um, so I kind of understand it, actually, from that perspective. And as you mentioned, you've got Red Star Belgrade playing in the Challenge Cup. So, you know, there's a cross-promotional opportunity there, which is good. Um, but, look, where, where I sort of am not sure about is, like, what they're expecting from a crowd perspective. Because yeah. as it is, Red Star don't get Red Star Belgrade don't get huge crowds as it is. Um, so I'm not really sure what kind of expectations they have in terms of crowd. But is that a big issue? I mean, some of the championship sides would be getting a few hundred, let alone thousands, to games. I think we're we're growing the sport here in Serbia. Man, if they can get if they get a hundred people there, two hundred people, then you know it's a start. Yeah, that's true. If they can make it a, a commercially viable proposition with that sort of crowd number, then then yeah, I don't see that there's a problem with it. You've convinced me. <laughs> I've totally swayed you. You have. I've changed my opinion one hundred percent. So Charlie um had my heart broken 
last week. Mate, I did um did get your message earlier in the week with the broken heart emoji. Mate, it was just a shame, you know, talented 22-year-old Bronco, Tavita Pangai Jr., uh, turning his back, I guess, on Tonga. Well, sort of turning, sort of turning, his turning back half of just his back, for a I week, suppose. Just for a week. Maybe turning it and then turning back around again. But, mate, basically, for those who haven't heard, um, Tongan International, so the, the kid made his debut for Tonga in the shock 28-22 victory over New Zealand in the 2017 World Cup. Look, he's actually uh, New South Wales born. He's a New- Newcastle boy. And he's been named in Brad Fittler's 32-man origin squad. He shunned the squad last year, um, probably because, let's be honest, he thought he wouldn't make the New South Wales side. He ended up playing for, mm-hmm. for Tonga against Samoa uh, in that international week, origin week two. Uh, but this, this time he's been selected... Brad Fittler's got in his ear, told him that this is an excellent opportunity, that he doesn't want to miss it, and um, he's playing for New South Wales, or he's in the squad. Mate, it looks like, yeah, it's, he's going to be um, walking around barefoot with Brad Fittler come <laughs> the middle of next year. But look, the um, mate, my initial reaction, like yours, was one of disappointment. It's, um, you know, all the momentum's been with Tonga. Since that initial Andrew yeah. Fafita, Jason Tomalolo announcement, there's been like a whirlwind of, of support, but... Um, and this is sort of the first time we've seen the momentum shift back a little bit the other way. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit disappointing, but mate, personally, I can't blame a player for, for wanting the experience of playing in origin. Well, it's still the pinnacle of the sport, unfortunately. It is. It'll always have that prestige and not to mention the financial benefits, which are significant. Um, but I think it's important to note that you alluded to that this is only for the mid season test. So, um, He's going to be missing for, for Tonga's mid-season game. But given that Tonga aren't a Tier 1 nation, or at least yet anyway, he'll still be eligible to play for Tonga at the end of the year, if he so desires. So Yeah, but that's that's the big question, isn't it, really? Because let's just say next year, he like he had an awesome season, 2018. Let's just say he has an even better season, 2019. Let's say he kills it. He makes a state of origin side. He kills it. He gets selected for the Kangaroos. Who's he play for? Yeah, well, I mean, this is the challenge, isn't it? And it's always going to be the challenge as more and more players choose to play for their teams of heritage is that once they are realistic chances of playing for uh, the Kangaroos or yeah. New Zealand, will they pick those sides uh, ahead of their heritage nation? Mate, I don't know. That'll, that remains to be seen, I suppose. Um, but look, I think I actually think this could be a positive in a funny sort of a way because yeah. it shows players... This, this is an example to players that... They don't necessarily have to be all in uh, when it comes to choosing um, to play Australian representative football. So a player like Tavita Pangai Jr. can have the financial windfall that comes from playing three origin games and then at the end of the year uh, pull on a jersey for, for Tonga. So, look, of course we would love to see these players playing for Tonga or their uh, heritage nation for all of the games that they're available for. I mean, that would be fantastic, but got to be a little bit realistic the financial incentives are just far too great for, for Origin, and until we can get um, the international payments somewhere around that level, um, you know, I think Andrew Fafita uh, will be the exception rather than the rule. I think it's more than that as well, Charlie. I mean, he's 22. This is a bucket list kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Like, to play, to pull on that sky blue jersey for New South Wales, it's a big deal. Um, in the back of my mind, I kind of hope he wants to do it for one year, tick that off the list, and then pledge his allegiance to Tonga for the rest of his life. I know yeah. that's probably not going to happen. He's a, he's an absolute gun. He's he's probably going to be a kangaroo one day, and I just hope that when he does, uh, Andrew Fafida and Jason Tamalolo 
absolutely rip into him when Tonga plays Australia in the Oceania Cup. It would make an absolutely interesting storyline, but I'm still holding out hope, mate, that come the end of the year, he's still a Tongan player. So, mate, we woke up to the news this morning that we had um, some international rankings yeah, bonus uh, released. Yeah, bonus topic, guys, the um, the new international, the Rugby League International Federation team rankings. So we've, we've posted, the, we posted a, a link to the article on our Facebook page, so get there if you haven't already. Um, we haven't been promoting the Facebook page too much, but there's no better time than the present, I suppose. Get there, check out, check out the list if you haven't. Um, Chuck, what do you think? Um, well, mate, obviously top four sites. So we've got, uh, as Carb said, we've got the uh, the full list on social media. So go check that out. But top four, uh, England, um, sorry, Australia number one, England in at number two, up from number three in the last rankings. Yep. Uh, New Zealand at number three. And of course, Tonga um, maintain their position at number four. Um, so, mate, seeing Australia at number one and England at number two, this to me, and I know we've covered this the last couple of weeks, but this just to me highlights the absolute waste that oh, this great yeah, we've, this we've... Great Britain Lions to it next year is because, mate, think about it. You've got Australia at number one, England at number two. These two sides are so close together now that that number one spot, had Australia played England next year, that number one spot could have been up for grabs, and now we're going to have to wait till 2020 to see it. It's a real shame. Um, yeah, you're right. We've oh, covered it waste, before. But we've covered it before. I won't... I won't bore everyone by going on about it again but i just think that this highlights what a waste that is so mate they were my they were my thoughts coming out of it um what did you think mate a couple of things stood out to me so i guess um the little switcheroo between jamaica and the usa so jamaica moving to 14 from 15 and usa moving back to 15 from 14 uh, obviously after the america's cup and and jamaica's uh, world cup qualification um that's just going to do good things for that little feud that's going on between those two nations which i think is beautiful and Chuck, the big movers, I guess, in this in these international rank, rankings, you've got Poland coming in at number twenty three, and Turkey coming in at number thirty two. Yeah, both those teams um, previously unranked as well. When Never the last been rankings there. Yeah. Were released. New blood, new blood in the international rankings. I think it's great to see. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with how well these these guys went at the Emerging Nations World Cup. Um, potentially a little bit inflated there. So a lot of the Polish players heritage players but i do know that they're doing some incredible work in the next 12 months they'll be over in poland trying to get a domestic scene happening so it's going to be great to see where they can go from these foundations um same with turkey so a lot of heritage players in their emerging nations side but they've got a pretty good domestic sort of setup happening at the moment um they're linked to the balkan super league as well and I'm actually really excited to see what comes from them in the years to come as well. Mate, really interesting, especially since, as you've mentioned, both of those um, nations have committed to either establishing or continuing the growth of their domestic competitions. So, mate, we um, watch them with interest. In Carbs, we've got uh, the Philippines, big movers up from 27 in the last rankings, now number 22. Yep, Philippines number 22, and they're the mascotbrowns.com feature nation this month. So what that means is any sales of Filipino merchandise, a little percentage will go directly to the Filipino Rugby League, which is great news. Mascot Browns, they're supporting the international rugby league scene. And I'm proud to say that we are now affiliate partners of mascotbrowns.com. What that means is we get a little special affiliate link. And if you purchase from that link, then we get a little percentage of all sales 
uh, purchased at that link as well, which is nice for us, helps us put together this show and helps us make it a little bit better for you. So we'll, we'll supply that link in the show notes a little bit later on. Yeah, guys, you guys don't get charged any extra. They just throw a little bit our way. So if you're going to buy any Rugby League international merchandise at all, please check out mascordbrowns.com. Use our affiliate link and support the people that support International Rugby League. So Charlie, another good good show mate four topics tonight so we had the bonus there thanks again to our supporters um as always we close the show with a little bit of around the grounds for me it's my chance to do a little bit of research find out as much as i can yeah the international rugby league community cork board mate there's plenty actually like we're in december but there's plenty going on in the world of rugby league at the moment so a lot of you will be aware we mentioned it last episode the south american championships they took place in in sao paulo in brazil um, brazil took out that tournament so there was a few games there brazil 52 over colombia 14 in the first game um mate you mentioned something about colombia um not having a full compliment mate, before 12 men in that game so that's that's why they got absolutely shellacked um apparently a few of them couldn't get visas into brazil they rectified that the next day, and Argentina beat Colombia 28-16, so that was a little bit closer. And then the final day, Brazil 22 over Argentina 20, much closer game, Brazil taking out the entire, entire tournament. Mate, is that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that the first time Brazil have actually won an international rugby league game? It is, first time they've won a game, and they've actually taken out the tournament as well. So a little bit of history there for, for rugby league, and, and growing very well in South America. Uh, speaking of South America, Chilean Super League Liga final was played last Sunday as well. Um, I'm going to pronounce these terribly, but the Negrati Merriman, 44, defeated the Cabrera Rhinos, 37. Uh, important to note, the Superliga, it's the Southern Conference of the Chilean Rugby League, so there's a Northern Conference as well. Okay, any and, uh, talk of some kind of um, inter-conference game? Or, uh... Yeah, apparently a little Super Bowl happening soon. I have heard about it, haven't been able to dig up much more, but I'll see what I can find for for the listeners mate um more interesting news so the balkan super league they've announced 11 teams will participate in their 2019 competition mate down from 15 mm. why is that mate i've i contacted the balkan super league a, a few days ago to just find out what happened to those other four teams uh to be honest they didn't really have answers themselves they're saying perhaps they missed out on on the on the deadline uh, registration, registration deadline uh, or perhaps a few of them thought that they couldn't compete i mean you saw teams like red star belgrade beating sides by 90 in semi-finals so um you know i think probably a good thing that lessening the number of teams it means we're going to get more quality competition here um there's a full list of sides that are out at the moment we'll probably post those on our instagram page uh, in the next day or two for anyone that's interested won't go through that here because well there's quite a lot of information to go through um, I wanted to do a big shout out to the Amsterdam Cobras. Uh, that's right, you heard it. You heard it correctly. The Amsterdam Cobras are from the Dutch Rugby League. It's semi-pro comp. So the Cobras just wanted to tell me a little bit about themselves, which I was really pleased by because um, you know, you know, we love hearing about anything yeah, international rugby league. Guys, that goes for all uh, clubs or um, international federations. By all means, get in touch. Um, just like the Cobras have. Well, the Cobras, my new favourite Dutch side, uh, fourth year in the comp. Uh, they won the final 29-28 this year against the Den Haag Knights. Very keen to go back-to-back next year and compete at the Rotterdam Nines as well. So love hearing stuff like that. Keep it coming to anyone anyone that wants to share some news with us. 
mate, um, some more news. So the Elite One in France, it has started. Um, not a lot to report yet. So we've had one and a quarter round so far. A couple of teams have played two matches. Um, no rule stands out as yet. But um, we've got results on our Instagram feed as well. So I've got some feature stories happening. Uh, there's a feature story called results. And I'll try and put as much up there as we can. So pretty much your one-stop shop if you want to know what's going on. Uh, the South African Provi Provincial Championships. So the Northern Bulls taking that out 48-34 to 34 against the Mamalungo Panthers. My apologies if I pronounce that incorrectly. I'm just happy they're playing rugby league in Africa. That is a fantastic name for a rugby league club. The Mamalungo Panthers. And, mate, uh, the, Turkish semi the Turkish Rugby League semi-finals. This is the final one for the cork board. Uh, they'll be taking place next weekend. Important here, so we mentioned the Balkan Super League earlier. The sides that win these semi-finals will go through to that Balkan Super League. And of course, they'll play in the Turkish Grand Final uh, in the weeks to come. So we've got the Ankara side playing the Trakia Gladiators. Um, and we've got the Katakoi Bulls playing uh, one of my favourite teams. And let me let me see if I can pronounce this correctly, but it's the Eskiza Gentlemen, one of the one of the best named teams in international yeah, rugby league. I take it back. That is the best name of an international rugby league side I've ever heard. The, the gentlemen, gentlemen, one of my favourites, and uh, mate, plenty, plenty happening in international rugby league at the moment. Mate, there is, and I've got a little bit for the uh, corkboard, if that's all right. Talk to me. To the corkboard, but uh, the PNG domestic competition adding four new teams, so up from twelve to sixteen. That's fantastic uh, for, for Papua New Guinea. So, um, mate, we're running low on time, so we might throw those details up on Instagram. Chuck, um, it's been another jam-packed week. We'll be back next week for, I think, what will be our final episode for the year. It's December already. Unbelievable. Uh, hopefully, we've got Jake back with us as well. But until then, uh, fuck you, Nagati. What do you do on League Unlimited? Like, where, why do you go there? Um, mainly for the St. George Forum. Yeah. Because on, like, Facebook sites, it's all, hey, I love Matt Dufty. Why are they getting rid of him? <laughs> oh, I hate Matt Dufty. <laughs> I hate Matt Dufty. Why aren't they getting rid of him? <laughs> so you want to fight about it? <laughs> yeah. do, you mo <laughs> do you moderate the, the Sir George? Yeah. Yeah. You're a bit of a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were you fucking expecting? We're sitting in my car recording a podcast. <laughs>